turn to the book of Matthew, chapter number 15. We'll begin reading in our text in verse uh, number 21. The Lord has placed a thought upon my heart for, I don't know, maybe the entire week, maybe three or four services. Uh, I want to deal with a subject that I believe is close to the hearts of all of God's children. Certainly it is an absolute when it comes to salvation. And it is the thought of faith. How I praise God for faith, don't you? Amen. Where would you be if you hadn't been able to believe Him for salvation? And of course, as God's children, we are shut up to faith. The Bible said we are saved by grace through faith. Peter said we are kept by the power of faith. Paul said we are made righteous through faith. We are justified by faith. We have access into this grace wherein we stand by faith. We quench the fiery darts of the wicked by faith. We are children of God by faith. We have victory over this world by faith. And of course, Hebrews eleven six, we please God. How? By faith. Someone has said the compliments of heaven are reserved for those who have divine faith. Heaven does not honor touchdowns, home runs, strikeouts, business goals, political victories, nor religious activities, but heaven gives great recognition to faith. In the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I'm not so much interested in what this world may term faith or how it may use the term. Over time the world certainly uses, misuses and abuses Bible terminology. To where it's nowhere akin to what the word of God has to say. For instance, love. When the world talks about love, it's not uh, the love of the Bible. It's little more than lust. But here, when the Scripture speaks of faith, it is a far cry from what you will hear uh, when the world talks of faith. You'll know that when someone asks you, uh, they'll say as they do so often, what faith are you of? As if uh, there are as many faiths as there are denominations. But I'd have you to know that when I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, when faith took hold in my heart, I didn't know the difference between a Methodist or a Presbyterian or a Baptist. Long before I knew what denomination was all about, faith gripped my soul. Amen. I used to go home as a young pastor to listen to a fellow on the radio on Sunday night, and it was much to my detriment. I, I apologize. Uh, not a whole lot of Bible came out of him, but he was hilarious with what he came off with. And I was listening to him one night, and uh, he was trying to drum up some support for his radio broadcast. And he said, now listen, folks, I mean, he spent about 15 minutes. You're going to have to help me. You're going to have to send in some financial support. You're going to have to fund this thing. And then he came off with a statement I've never forgotten. He said, he said you're going to have to help me because I'm living by faith. And I can't make it. I said, wow. 
I don't know what he thinks faith is, but that's not Bible faith. But I am interested uh, in the Scriptures, especially in the New Testament, there are several occasions when Jesus would recognize the faith of an individual. He would say, your faith hath made you whole. Or, O daughter, great is thy faith. Now, Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, is he not? Uh, He is the embodiment of faith. And uh, so if he says an individual has faith, then you can underscore it. They have faith. And so what I want to do is take some of these characters of which Christ pointed out their faith. And I want us to notice the exercise of real genuine faith in an individual that Christ said that it was faith. And I want us to, I want us to associate with it. I want us to, however it will speak to us. Uh, sometimes in a, in a praise way we will thank God as it bears witness to our faith. Sometimes in a convicting way as God uh, tries to increase our faith. But I want to look at faith that Jesus recognized. Now here in Matthew chapter number 15, uh, we find one of those individuals. It is a lady from Tyre and Sidon, as the scripture says in verse number 21. Let's begin reading the text there. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me. O Lord, thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away. For she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. Notice this next phrase. It is the key to the sermon tonight. The Bible said, and she said, truth, Lord. That word truth there is as the the word we would use, amen. When the preacher is preaching a sermon and, and it would bear witness with our soul and we would agree, we would say, amen, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Now Jesus emphasizes this woman's expression of faith. But I want you to notice with me how Christ deals with her, what he says to her, how he handles her. He does it in such a peculiar way that it almost seems to be rude, offensive. He seems to be a little bit prejudiced or he seems to discriminate or maybe have some preferences. Does he not when you read that? 
<laughs> but I noticed that as Christ deals with this woman in his own way, without any explanation to us as to why he does so, this woman does not reject him. This woman does not lash out at him. But when Christ says, I don't deal with anybody except those of the house of Israel. When Christ says, I can't take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. She comes back to him and she has one word to say. She says, Amen, Lord. Now I want us to notice how this woman's faith that Christ recognizes seems to focus on the ways of Christ. And how he deals with her. Seems to accept the very way in which Christ dealt with her. Can I say to you tonight what Jesus is looking for in this meeting this week. Is somebody that will say amen Lord. Truth Lord what you've said about me is so. What you think about me is so. I'm not going to argue the point and debate the matter. I just want to say, Lord, right there, I'd just like to say amen, amen. to your way. Yes. Now, when we think about the ways of Christ that her faith seems to latch on to, we think about his nature, his attitude, his preferences, his actions, his plans, and so on. And the great struggle that took place while he was here on earth was the fact that that folks did not want Christ to have his way. He came into this world to have his way. The only way he can help you is he must have his way. But I want to tell you, the flesh is not going to allow him to have his way. The flesh will war with him. Only faith will be able to say and thunder forth and say, Amen, Lord. Truth, Lord, to everything you've said and how you've said. I thought about while Jesus was here on earth as he was laboring. They said about him, he receives sinners and eateth with them. They said, we don't, we don't like it that way. On another occasion, he allowed his disciples to eat without washing their hands. And the Pharisees said, now wait just a minute. Even John the Baptist had his disciples wash their hands. And of course they were talking about a, a ritual or a, or a rite among the, uh, the religious Jews. And they said, you mean to tell me that you're not going to have your disciples? We, we don't like it that way. He healed a man on the Sabbath day. And what did they say? You can't do that on the Sabbath. That's not right. <laughs> he said, the last time I checked, I was Lord of the right. Sabbath. Amen. I can do what I want to on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and the rest of the week. I own it all. But they didn't like his way. They, they just couldn't understand. And of course his ways are above our ways as the scripture says as the heavens are above the earth. But, but I want you to notice how faith will allow. You'll know that faith is active in your heart when faith will re, re, refuse to fight and refuse to war against what Christ is saying and doing in our lives. But we'll submit and say amen Lord. Yes Lord. You're right. Now, let me just, uh, let me just point a, a, out for just a second or two by way of introduction uh, a few ways in which uh, uh, she seemed to allow Christ to deal with her in his own way. 
Her faith was in his way. Notice with me in verse number 23. Because of her faith, she seemed to have no problem with what he did not say. Now, again, verse 23 in, in, the, in, the, in the first part of that verse, after this woman has come and she has addressed him rightfully so, Lord, thou son of David, and she has told him of the burden of her heart and the great need concerning her daughter. And you would think that Christ would jump on that immediately and speak comforting words to her. But, much to our surprise, he did not speak to her. He answered her not a word. Can you imagine that? And I don't know a lot about this woman other than she's a Canaanite. She's from Tyre and Sidon, about 50 miles north of the radius of Christ's ministry on the western seaboard there of the Mediterranean Sea, Gentile territory. I don't know a whole lot about her, but I can promise you that I know this. She was not Baptist. Because I'm going to tell you something. Had she been Baptist, she would have been all over him. I sat in a pastor's home just a few months back and he received a phone call. And I, I could tell it must have been unpleasant. He hung up and he said, well, preacher, just uh, someone in my church called and said they were fussing at me because they were there today. And they said I did not make my way to them to shake their hand. I said, well, why didn't they make their way to you? To shake your hand. This, this, this woman was not a Baptist. You, you can tell. Had she been, she would have come to Christ and she'd have said the audacity. Here I have come to your meeting and you have shunned me. You purposefully turned your back on me. You've not even said howdy do. I've received nothing but a cold shoulder. I've come to see you. And not a word. She doesn't do that. Isn't that amazing? And he, he spoke not a word to her. Answered her not a word. But she seemed to have no problem with what he does not say. Not only that, I notice uh, in verse number 23, she seems to have no problem with what he allows others to say. Now his disciples were Baptists. I guarantee you that. Because they picked up on the emotion of this and they quickly, boy, was going to run this into the ground. Hey, he don't like her, we don't like her. Let's just go ahead and run it in the ground. And no doubt in her hearing, the Bible said, his disciples came and besought him saying, send her away. She's aggravating us. She's agitating us. She's frustrating us. She's bothering us. We're not going to be able to have a good service with that kind. She's not one of us. Please, Lord, send her away. <laughs> now she's there. Now you would have thought that Jesus would have taken care of that matter quick-handedly. He did on other occasions when uh, James and John said to him, you want us to pray fire out of heaven, Lord, and destroy this city that will not... He said, hold it, boys. You don't know what spirit you're of. Right. And I would have thought, wouldn't you, that my blessed Lord, I was shocked when I read this text for the first time. I thought the Lord would have said, all right, boys, go stand in the corner. 
Time out. What's wrong with you? This woman has come to us with a great need. She is a sinner. And uh, she, she needs to have her needs met just like you do. But he doesn't do that. <laughs> Again, I'm sure that she was not Baptist because if she had been, she'd have been all over that too. What are you running, a click around here? I heard what some of your church members said. Said they don't want no Smiths in this or Johnsons or Williamses in here. And they don't like people raised on the other. And we just are not of this kind. Well, I'll just have you to know this much. I'm leaving and I won't be back. <laughs> if you do, you're going to miss what you need. You better just let him do it his way. I have graced you with my presence. I have honored you to come this Sunday morning. And now look how I've been treated. Do you see that in that text, how the Lord's dealing with her? But yet notice how the scripture said in verse number 24, as if what has happened has not been enough. But he answered, and said, now he's saying this indirectly, he's saying it to the disciples, but in their hearing, listen as he says, verse number 24, I am not sent. Now underscore this, imagine yourself being this woman sitting in a Sunday morning service and you have come with a great need of urgency and you're wanting God to do something and the preacher stands up and says to you, I'll just tell you right now, if you're not this kind and you're of another kind, I cannot and I will not help you. Now I did not say that. Look at the text. I mean, am I reading words into this? Did he not say, I am, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Hold it, woman. Are you a sheep? No. Are you of the house of Israel? No. Well then I want to tell you there is absolutely no hope. Now read the text. Did he say it? He excluded her with one swath of the brush. He said, you are hopeless, you are helpless, and you are not in God's divine design. Does he not say that? I am only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Was she a sheep? Answer me. Was she of the house of Israel? Then was he sent to her? That's what he said. I didn't say it. Some of you are looking at me like I'm being mean to this woman. I'm not being mean to her. (laughs) He said, lady, I'm not even going to say I'm sorry. But I don't help your kind. Oh, That's amazing to me. That's amazing. Why would he speak to her in that tone? And why would he exclude her? Why? Notice her reaction. Verse 25. (laughs) And she came and did what? She said, Lord, 
If you don't buy it, I know I'm not one of you, and I know I don't deserve to be in, and I know I'm not a sheep, and I know I'm on the road to hell, but if you don't mind, can I worship while I'm here? Isn't that amazing? What would cause a woman to react like that when she's been treated this way? <laughs> I don't know many that would, do you? And then after she has come and she has bowed and she has worshipped and she has said, Lord, help me. Verse 26, it's like a dagger in the heart. But he answered and said, I'm going to throw it across the plate waist high, lady. You're going to have to get this. You're not understanding what I'm saying. Not only are you not a sheep and not only are you not of the house of Israel, not only are you not one of the select and you're not one of the elect and you're not one of the appointed. But he said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. He said, I just really want to tell you what you are in case you don't understand. Now if you want to curl some religious feathers and cause the hair to stand up on the back of our denominational righteousness. You just look at somebody and tell them that they're about as low as a dog. And he didn't give this dog any kind of registered brand name either. He said, you just a sooner. Now, did he say that? He said, it's not even polite. It's not even nice. What you're asking me to do is take the portion that belongs to the children and give it to you. It would be like taking food and giving it to the dog, woman. Right. Yes. And what you do in the text? Amen. What you say? Oh, I'll not have that. I've been called a lot of things in my day, but they ain't nobody gonna call me that and get by with it. I guarantee you that right now. I don't know who you think you are. No. What'd she do? She started barking. Yeah. You say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't see no. Or you read the text there and see if she didn't start barking. <laughs> Verse 27, she said, Ruh. Ruh. Look at it. She takes on the description of that dog. She said, Yet, Lord, the dogs eat of the crumbs. She said, <laughs> And she wagged that tail. And she said, Truth, Lord. Yes. If you say I'm an old Gentile dog, I just want to say amen right there. Amen. If you say I'm not one of the elect, I want to say amen right there. If you want to say that I'm lost, I want to say amen right there. And if you want to say I'm not worthy, I want to say amen. If you want to say I'm not one of the select, I want to say amen. And if you don't want to talk to me, and if your people don't want to, I just want to say amen, Lord. Jesus said, uh-oh, now we've run into a stump. He said, in essence, sister, you ain't got a thing on earth that could get you into heaven or get heaven to do anything for you. 
except he said, I think I just zeroed in on the one thing it does take. <laughs> Here you are. You're a Gentile. You're a Canaanite. You're a dog. You're not a sheep. You're not even an Israelite. You're not born of the seed of Abraham. But he said, <laughs> you got the one thing it does take. Amen. Yes. You've got faith. Oh, listen. What Jesus is looking for today is not your self-righteousness, not your little register uh, of who you are and what plane and how you've lived and where you've come from and where you're going. He's looking for faith that will say, Lord, amen. If he can just hear the amen of your soul, business is fixing to pick up in town. <laughs> she said, Lord, I just want to say truth. I want you to have it your way. Faith in her heart allowed Christ to have it his way. Now, let me close the sermon this way. Because her faith allowed Christ to have it his way, she got four things that she would have never gotten. First of all, I want you to notice she received, because her faith allowed him to have it his way, she received a meeting. Now, if you'll notice in verse 21, again, she's in the coast, that's where Christ goes, of Tyre and Sidon. Now, he's already stated that he's only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, so it begs the question, if he's only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, why is he moving out of the range of where those sheep are? and where the Israelites are. Why is he even going into that area where the majority of them are going to be Gentiles and are going to be Canaanites that he said were going to be excluded? And I suggest to you there's only one reason why he moved out 50 miles out of the radius of his normal ministry. The reason why he did is because up there in Canaan territory... There was one little old woman that had faith. And can I say to you, Jesus say he's not just interested in going to church. Everybody thinks if you go to church, that's where Jesus is going to show up. They think Jesus likes to go to church. He's as bored with religion as you are. He's not interested in going to church. (laughs) I'm going to tell you where Jesus is interested in showing up. One place. And that's where there's a heart that has faith. Yes. And it doesn't make any place difference where that place is on the globe or on this earth. Right. Or whether you think he might show up there or whether you think he will not. But wherever there is a heart of faith, Christ will be there. He will have a meeting with that individual. Amen. Somebody said, Lord, what are you going up there for? She's a Gentile. She's a dog. She's excluded. She's not an Israelite. She's not of the seed of Abraham. He said, yes, but she has. I'm going where faith is. Jesus will always show up. There'll be a meeting (laughs) where faith shows up. Now, across this country as I go preaching, and I, I don't mean to be mean, but I go into a lot of churches that think that Jesus is going to show up because they're just a nice, sweet little church and 
Everybody loves them and they love each other and they pay their tithes and they go to Sunday school and they treat everybody good. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you something. If Jesus shows up this week, he ain't coming because I'm here and you're here. He's coming because there is a heart here that by faith will say, Lord, I don't have to have it my way. I'll just let you have it your way. I wonder in your heart, are you struggling with what Christ is doing? Are you willing, have you been brought to the place in this meeting that you won't come and dictate, but you'll come in with an open heart and say, truth, Lord. Yes. I just, I just, yes. I want to have a meeting with you. Mm. Her faith in the ways of Christ got her a meeting. Got her a, a meeting. Secondly, I would point out to you, not only did her faith in the ways of Christ get her a meeting, but also got her eventually a message. She needs a word. Beginning in verse 23, she does not get a word. Now, if she rebels and, and uh, if she becomes bitter and harsh, she'll never get a word. And when she does receive a word, it's not real comforting. She gets a word that says, I just, I can't help you. <laughs> But she continues on and worships and finally she gets another word in verse number 26. But the next word ain't no better than the other and she's called a doll. But then finally she gets the word of all words. He says, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thy will. She gets a message from heaven. Now, a lot of folks think that what Jesus does, he just likes to talk. Jesus likes to talk. He likes to talk to everybody. Boy, he'll just speak to anybody and everybody. Jesus is the friendliest preacher it ever was. If anybody ever comes, he'll just have something to say to them. How you doing as good as... No, he doesn't. He's not wasting his breath. He's not just going around talking to everybody. (laughs) You say, well, who's he talking to? He's talking to those who will say, truth, Lord. Amen, yes. You're not wasting your breath on me. That's it. You're not just talking. Abraham, Abraham, leave that land and follow me. And Abraham followed him. Right, amen. She got a divine message. This week, go out and invite people to church. Go find you some sinners and invite them. But when you invite them, just be honest with them. Say, we're having a meeting down there, but as far as I know, Jesus probably won't come. And if he does come, I don't know that he'll do anything. Matter of fact, I just want to go ahead and tell you. Now buckle your seatbelt. Hold on till I get done. If Jesus does come this week (laughs) in a manifesting way, if he does, he ain't going to do nothing. Now hold, hold on. He won't save one sinner. He won't bless one heart. He won't take care of one need. He won't do anything for anybody <laughs> unless there happens to be a heart in here that's gone beyond the sermon and the song and the religious activity and is crying out and saying, Lord, I'm here for business and I need help. And Lord, 
truth and amen. Speak to my heart and tell me what I need to hear and do that for me that I cannot do for myself. And for that heart, if there's one or if there is a thousand, he will minister, he will meet that need, he will speak to that heart. You give him a meeting and he'll give him a message. Let me ask you, when's the last time he spoke to you? And how'd you respond? <laughs> Was he right in what he told you? <laughs> he said, you low down. Does he talk to anybody else like that? I guess I'm the worst of the worst, but I often hear that from him. You're the one at fault. It's your stinking attitude that's caused the problem. You're the one that needs to get right. Stand up there and preach to them people, make them think you're somebody. You're low down. Get right yourself. Yes. And I have to look up at him and say, Lord, oh God, you're telling the truth on me. You're telling the truth on me. We got a meeting, she got a, a message. And then I want you to notice with me how that her faith in the ways of Christ, as she said, truth, O oh Lord, got her a manifestation. She's never been told this before because I don't think anybody probably had the nerve. You just don't go around calling people these names because you're liable to get whipped or cursed out or your eyeballs clawed out. <laughs> you don't just go around calling people dogs. And Jesus is not just mincing words. He's not, he doesn't call her a dog and say, oh, I'm just kidding. He means business when he says she's a dog. But this is something she's never heard before. This is a divine revelation of heaven concerning who she really was. It was a manifestation the first time in her life of the level she really was on. And it was immediately after that you notice that she cries out, Truth, Lord. It's as if God turns a light on in her heart. But it's not only this woman. But anywhere there is faith, there will be a divine manifestation that will take place. If you were to stand tonight and testify about your salvation... One of the first things that you will say is I was a sinner. And the Lord Jesus showed me I was lost. And you know what? You'll be so thankful that he did. What a blessing it was. If he had never told me 37 years ago that I was lost and a sinner on the road to hell, I would have never gotten saved. But I rejoice in that, don't you? And it was the Apostle Paul that rejoiced in it. He said I was the chiefest of sinners. I don't know how it went when this woman got home, but she sure got a manifestation. She cried out, truth, O Lord. I really believe that one of the first things when she got home and saw her daughter was healed, they probably said to her, well, what did he say to you? He said, praise God, he called me a dog. <laughs> Hallelujah, I never knew I was a dog. Woo! They said, well, what would you do? She said, I started barking. <laughs> Man, I like a barking business. I'm so glad, I'm so glad I was an old dog and he showed it to me. Yeah. Amen. Our only hope 
is when heaven can bring a manifestation to us of who we really are. And faith can cry out and say, Amen, Lord. You sure told the truth on me. Amen. That's exactly where I'm at. <laughs> Surely you didn't come in this meeting this week thinking maybe he's going to ante up and God owed you a little bit and that's why you're going to get the big blessing. And if you did, you've missed it by a million miles. By a million miles. <laughs> You're going to have to bow down. You know why God's not doing any more than what he's doing in our hearts? We run around, boy, I'm going to tell you, strutting with our heads stuck up in the air as if we're somebody going somewhere and hadn't been any bo anybody barked in years. When's the last time you barked? Amen. <laughs> When's the last time you got out in the backyard and you said, Ooh, rough. Oh, God. And let heaven know that you agreed with what heaven said about you. She got a manifestation. <laughs> but then the... Uh, the last thing I want you to notice is because this woman had faith in the very ways of Christ and how he dealt with her, not only did she get a meeting and a message and a manifestation, but I noticed she got a miracle. Did you see that in our text? It seems as though in the earlier verses that it's all sewn up that, you know, just send this woman out the side door. There's nothing going to happen there. <laughs> Jesus has spelled it out. But in verse number 28, Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. <laughs> You've got the one thing <laughs> that I've been looking for is the exercise of faith. In my way. But notice this miracle, how it is worded. O woman, great is thy faith. Notice this next clause, phrase. Be it unto thee, even as what? Whoa, wait a minute. Did we read that wrong? <laughs> He said, woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thy will. I read that one day. My heart rejoiced because I realized this great truth. Listen to me. If you by faith will allow Christ to have it his way, it won't be long till you'll be having it your way. <laughs> Did you see it in the text? <laughs> she said, truth, Lord, have it your way. He said, hold it just a minute. If you're going to let me have it my way, I'm just going to go ahead and give it to you your way. Because <laughs> his way becomes our way. 
be it unto thee even as thou art. Do you know that's a scriptural truth throughout the Bible that I've noticed? When he came to Abraham again and he said, Abraham, I want you to leave the land of the Chaldees, the land of your father. I want you to leave your father. I want you to leave your ne- I want you to leave all of this and I'm going to give you a sevenfold promise and involved in that sevenfold promise will be a son in your old age. 25 years later, Abraham's 100 years old. Sarah is 90. He stands at the tent door and listens to the cry of a newborn babe by the name of Isaac inside the tent. And somebody might say, Abraham, how under God's heaven can you have a baby boy and you're 100 years old and Sarah is 90? He said, well, it's simple. 25 years ago, I let him have it his way. Amen. Yes. He said, today, he's letting me have it my way. <laughs> Somebody said to me here a while back, Preacher, for 50 years I've been trying to live life my way and said I've made a mess of it every single time. But he said the last three years I've just been letting him have it his way. And he said, I'll just have to tell you I'm enjoying it. (laughs) Now ask some of the old saints that have walked with the Lord and let him have it his way 50 and 60 years. And they'll tell you the only regret they have is that they didn't let him have it his way sooner. Because they'll say it's just exactly the way I want it. Just exactly the way I want it. She didn't have the pedigree. She wasn't one of the group. She wasn't one of the elect and the select. Somebody said, well, preacher, what if I ain't been, what if I ain't been predestined? What if I ain't been elected? What if I ain't been selected? <laughs> well, I tell you something, if you've got faith, don't worry about it. <laughs> if you believed him and if you let him have his way in your heart, it'll be all right. You don't have to worry about all them other doctrines. It'll take care of itself. Amen. Faith supersedes when it says, Lord, truth. And faith always does that. When faith hears true, it just cries out. It says, Amen. Amen. Can I ask you tonight, is he having his way in your life? Do you have the measure of faith that will say, Lord, in this meeting this week, would you please speak to my heart? Would you please minister to me according to my need? Lord, would you have your way? I want to promise you that if you'll let him have his way, it won't be long until you'll be saying, that's just the way I wanted it. Yes, yeah, just the way I wanted it. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> the songwriter said, let him have his way. And only faith can submit to that truth. <laughs>